Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm Jody. And I'm James. And we're going to be talking about Werewolves of Christmas. Oh, woo! <laughs> awesome! <laughs> it's our annual Christmas monster and wild hunt episode which sometimes is the same episode and sometimes are different episodes but this year it's going to be the same yay <laughs> I've, I've read a fair bit on christmas werewolves and it's it's a lot of repetition so there are a lot of stories and a lot of different neat things out there but they're all very repetitive so we're just going to get to the 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 hub of the matter if you will the meat i will not be threatened by a talking meatloaf jack <laughs> oh that's a good one <laughs> yeah i thought this would be a nice overlap with our one of our halloween episodes speaking of overlapping with halloween <laughs> oh nice nice segue <laughs> well I, I because i was i was trying to figure out what i was going to have to drink and it was like okay none of my christmas beers are really cold at the moment damn it <laughs> i got this i had this last bottle of shipyard pumpkin head ale <laughs> oh nice so so a nice Halloween beer for a Halloween Christmas crossover. <laughs> well, and we talk when we record our Christmas episodes, a lot of them we record November, which is Thanksgiving time. Yeah. Which pumpkin stuff for Thanksgiving is also accurate. I'm just having uh, eggnog. Oh, okay. Some store-bought eggnog mixed with a nice bit of Four Roses bourbon. Nice. So here's your, here's your hint. Don't know which order they're coming out. But this is my first drink of the recording. <laughs> so, Werewolves of Christmas. Yeah. Are you ready? I was born ready. <laughs> I thought you were born Jody. <laughs> Fooled you. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> All right. So, Werewolves of Christmas. We'll start with that. Then we'll do the Wild Hunt. Yeah. Just, just some things. Just some things to talk about how you could become a werewolf of Christmas. Yeah. As, as opposed to uh, a werewolf any other time of the year. Right. A werewolf at Midsummer's. Yeah. Eve. If you're a douche who becomes a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 14th century Normandy, the Vararage was an excommunicated person who became a werewolf between Christmas and Candlemas or during Advent. And just so you know, Advent is the four weeks leading up to Christmas, which is more of a time of spiritual, religious things. The 12 days of Christmas, as a reminder, start Christmas Day and go to January 5th, yep. because then January 6th is Epiphany. Yes. So you don't start the 12 days of Christmas before, you start them at and after. Yes. yes. <laughs> so uh, during this time, the sinner was either redeemed, you know, it if you can do so, because that was tough back in 14th century church times. Or you were doomed to belong to the devil and run as a wolf forever. Aww. Who's a good boy? Yeah, boo. But if even if you can break the spell in Finland, you are still stuck with the wolf's tail for the rest of your life. Ooh. See, well, I don't you, know. But then you can always tell when they're happy because, yeah, they'll, they'll be wagging your tail. <laughs> yes. And as a reminder, Finland, Finland, Finland. Your treetops so tall. Sorry, uh, not a python. Yes. <laughs> and of course, curses would abound for anyone with the misfortune to be born on the wrong day. For example, in Italy, it was bad luck to be born on the winter solstice, which, you know, 20th to 21st, kind of depending on the whole cycle. Yep. Is a sure way to become a 
Lakentrop and in other European countries, such as Poland, it was believed that children born on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day automatically became werewolves when they grew up. I know a few people born on Christmas Day. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't say be close to them on their full moon. I've been around them at full moons. At least one of them. Uh, nothing. All right. Well, nothing maybe, maybe they, maybe they were saved. I doubt it. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty sure we've talked about things that happen on Christmas because we talked about vampires and how yeah. it's easier to also become a vampire. So evidently, being born on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day really sucks in <laughs> Eastern Europe. <laughs> In Germany, the child was still in danger of becoming a werewolf. For fear, she was born during the twelfth nights of twelfth, the twelve nights of Christmas, which you know goes from Christmas to twelfth night. <laughs> yeah, uh, but whatever the country and the legend, it's generally agreed upon that the lupine curse was some sort of divine punishment for blasphemy, as the hapless baby was viewed as competing with the Christ child. Makes perfect sense that the innocent baby is the one being cursed and not the parents. Yeah. So anyway, in Romania, this legend went even further because children conceived on Christmas Eve were cursed to become werewolves because their parents were supposed to have abstained from sex at that time. Another wonderful <laughs> one where the parents were all randy and poor child has to suffer from it. Yeah. Well, you know, sins of the father and all of that. Yeah. Damn it, Randy. <laughs> so I'm going to give a quote. Okay. I love this quote. In 1555, Swedish Archbishop Ulus Magnus wrote, the history of the northern peoples and he said that at the festival of christmas there was a strange conversion of men into wolves that there is a gathering of a huge multitude of wolves which have been changed from men and which during that night rage with such fierceness that the inhabitants suffer more hurt from them than they ever do from natural wolves for these human wolves break down doors and descend into cellars where they drink out whole tons of beer and mead <laughs> mm. <laughs> ton of mead yeah <laughs> and it's an audio podcast and sometimes my accent gets the best of me so ton is t-u-n which is a big cask thing that holds alcohol yes. not a ton t-o-n right all right so anyway i'm going to continue if you don't mind no go ahead <laughs> in some parts of poland believe that werewolves only transformed into their animal form twice a year so not even full moon but rather they would do it on midsummer day and on christmas which sounds more like they kind of pushed it back from midwinter, you know, but hey, mm. whatever. Imagine that. Yeah, and I know, right? Yeah. But in uh, Slovenia, in, <clears throat> but in Slovenia, the 12 days of Christmas <laughs> were, were also known as wolf days. But the Ooh. original story was that the wolf shepherd or master of wolves was active during that time and could do the most damage, which later became a story of St. Blaise. Uh, the saint of wild beasts and stuff and and i tried i tried to find some stuff on the uh, master of wolves and wolf shepherd and they they have some things but they seem like they're all modern weird mm. things but i do have one connection that i'll get to in a second okay but first i want to mention that specific werewolf myth between christmas day birth and the curse of the wolf i mean it's strongest in poland and everything but the why being uh, an insult to jesus and stuff but all of these fit into the 1961 Hammer film, The Curse of the Werewolf. Cool. Who was in that one? I, I don't know. I didn't look it up. I was just looking up werewolf things because, oh. because I've already started making many notes on various Hammer film things. Okay, cool. Because I love Hammer films. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, what it is, I mean, the, the film itself, it's a young woman who's raped in a Spanish prison. 
escapes, lives in the wild for a time, finds her way back, gets nursed to health, and gives birth to a boy on <gasps> Christmas Day. Oh, no. And therefore is going to be the curse of the werewolf. We'll, we'll maybe talk more about this one. I don't know. I, I got hammer notes for various things. So, and stuffs. Cool. But you want to you wanna know my one thing that I found a possible connection for of the Master of Wolves? Sure. Was that it is possible. Some people think it's Veiles. Veiles is a Balkan god, kind of the, uh, he's actually been transformed into the devil since Christianity took over because he's the antithesis of the good god. Uh, shit, I don't actually have the notes on that, but I think it's Perrin is, is the, the, the good god. And then Veiles is the, the evil god. But I mentioned that. Because the wild hunt. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out which wild hunt I wanted to do. And I've got a small Irish wild hunt story, like really tiny, small. But I thought, you know what? I, I saw this. A friend of ours or a friend of mine, actually, he follows the, the podcast on Facebook quite a bit. So thanks, Jeff. I'm actually stealing this from you, man. He, he posted about Vilnius, also called Vilnius or Vels or Vilns in the Baltic region, who is the Lithuanian Veles or Latvian Veles. And he's the Phantom of the Dead a one-eyed prophetic trickster capable of raising whirlwinds and leading the host of the dead through the skies. Sounds familiar. He, he does. The one-eyed mage wild hunt guy does match up quite well with Woden, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, yes, he does. <laughs> but yeah, he's a, but the trickster part, he actually has some Loki aspects with the trickster bit. Yeah. So, so that's the, the part I, I grabbed from Jeff. And it comes from Britannica, Encyclopedia Britannica. But when I looked up other things, because it was a very short article, uh, he's actually mostly known as a psychopomp who leads the dead, which would make sense and to fill the role of leader of the wild hunt. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's, he's a major Slavic god. And, and this is where he crosses over with Veiles because it's all the, the same. Like there, there's not necessarily the same god. Some people think, think it is. And, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, Root of the name is very similar between all of them, and I wasn't going to go into that really, but it's it's a similar god, if not the same god, just called different things, you know, as he goes across country lines. Because mm -hmm. Veles is also the god of the underworld and is associated with cattle, the harvest, wealth, magic, music, and trickery. Huh, cool. See, so that's and I did actually find articles where they consider him to be the same god. It's not just me saying I think it is. No, they, yeah. they think he is. Cool. But I, I always, I actually have known about Bailey's for a while because of him being a little bit of a trickster and music and magic and trickery and darkness. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool. I mean, he's actually believed to be a protector for traveling musicians. Nice. Some ceremonies in Northern Croatia, for example, even up to the 20th century, they would not start playing until the bridegroom on making a toast would spill some wine on the ground, preferably over the roots of the nearest tree as a symbol that it's a toast to their patron deity because they're giving wine to the ground, you know, so going to the mm -hmm. other world. Makes sense. I mean, that, that's really it. It's, I've got a, just a little bit more. I don't have a lot of stories about what they do because it's very similar to other wild hunts where they just mm -hmm. go through the, the skies. But I didn't see a lot of stories as people actually talking about it like we do in Norse, Germanic, English, British stuff. Did want to mention that as the God of the Dead, there were the days of the God of the Dead. They would make offerings during these days to this God. And, and until the end of the 19th century, it's believed that the Veilis, which some same name, but it has you know, a little extra little grammatical punctuation things. <laughs> Accent marks. That's the things. 
or the ghosts of heroes were battling or pursuing wild game. So they would fly through the air. These ghosts of heroes led by the God. Hmm. And as kind of like a regimental army, they'd be seen in the sky or on earth between two cemeteries or marching information along their own paths. And sometimes you'd hear the clash of weapons in the distance or whistling or hand clapping and the barking of dogs. So just like the wild hunt, there were also dogs. Okay. And, and laughing and everything in these paths where they would walk between the cemeteries or on the way to hunt were called the roads of Deves or Valies. Okay, cool. Yeah. Be careful when you hear people laughing and dogs barking and weapons clashing in the distance, which is good advice, whether they're wild hunt or not. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get mixed up in that. Or maybe you do, you know, Hey, more power to you. Well, I mean, you know, you could always bring a rocket launcher to a knife fight. I mean, it... You could, but if it's a wild hunt, you're still fucked because they're ghosts already. Ooh, good point. Good point. <laughs> what if it's a magic rocket launcher? That only works if you also have the magic helmet to go with it. <laughs> rocket launcher, magic helmet. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> that that was all I had for that, except for my small little Irish wild okay. hunting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which, What's that? Uh, so the puka, and I, I actually thought about doing a puka thing for Halloween, so that may be next year because I didn't get it finished Okay. For, for this year. And we had so many other things anyway. But the, <laughs> We always do. <laughs> There's too much Halloween. You hush your face. <laughs> <laughs> no such thing. <laughs> right. Uh, but the puka in Irish mythology is, is a, uh, it, it's usually a trickster type of thing. Usually, typically very. Yeah, I'm not going to get into a lot of it because we're going to do do one on it, maybe someday, possibly. So it's, oh, it's usually day. identified with somebody who will harm you and do bad things. But in this particular instance, there is an actual story when, when they would interview people in Ireland for, for their mythology, folklore things, mm -hmm. that uh, the puka at this point in time was pissed off at the queen of the fairies who was leading the wild hunt. So when she was leading her armies of the the elves through the sky and everything mm -hmm. you know hunting down humans and what's not yeah the puka would first get to the humans if he could and help them and hide them and tell them to be quiet until she went over like getting them into a hollow log and being a shut on and they go over then he'd run away and <laughs> <laughs> so, so occasionally the bad can do good when they're pissed off at other things that aren't out for good <laughs> awesome uh, but that, that is what i have for our annual yuletide tradition of talking about christmas monsters and beasts and the wild hunt sweet no the wild hunt <laughs> damn it now i gotta look that up and see if that's an actual band name <laughs> although oh actually i've got no i don't have i i don't remember if any of my wild hunt episodes i've talked about the heavy metal versions of the wild hunt and songs i don't think i have I don't think you have either. I'll have to listen to the first one again because I've gotten tons of notes on that too. And I just never got around to putting that one into a coherent form. But I don't think there's a band called Wild Hunt, but there are several heavy metal bands who do songs about the Wild Hunt. Oh, there are at least five bands on uh, the metal archives. <laughs> nice. There are three that are just called Wild Hunt. There's uh, from Bolivia, Brazil, and the United States. There's a Canadian band that's called The Wild Hunt and King of the Wild Hunt from the UK. Nice. 
mean, I knew about a um, Swedish black metal band, Wetain, has an f- album called The Wild Hunt, and Elvin King has a really kick-ass song about The Wild Hunt. And those are the only two I can think of that I, because I, I don't have those notes. I, I just remember those, but okay. cool. I'll have to check all the, we'll have to do an episode on that. And that doesn't even have to be at Christmas, because right. Wild Hunt is just awesome. Yeah. But it could be, you know, whatever. Yes. Although, when you said sweet, I do think that blaring sweets blockbuster <laughs> as they go along, especially beginning with the siren going would be a great instead of the hunting horn, they can put on the Bluetooth with some sort of skull speakers on the side of their horses. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, that's what I have. Do you have anything to add, my good sir? I don't have anything to add on the wild hunt. So <laughs> awesome. In that case. <laughs> We hope you enjoy this Yuletide episode. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know when this will come out, but you've either heard others or there'll be others. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> so until <laughs> next time, I'm James of the Wild Hunt. I'm, I'm just Jody. I'm going to watch it go by from the porch. Not if we see you. Ah! <laughs> 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 Gonna, you're gonna look like the guy in Monty Python and the Holy Grail at the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, on that note, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. None of them are long. Well, I say that. Yeah. Start with Wild Hunt, and then do the the walk, and then the the wassailing versus caroling because then we can end with wassailing caroling as we're more drunk <laughs> yes i mean okay sure <laughs> <laughs> do, do, ooh, do werewolves become bald as they age i don't know would, would that make them mangy curs i want to try to change a princess leia to han solo quote to reflect werewolfism but <laughs> 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 you flea-bitten scruffy looking werewolf hey who are you calling scruffy looking <laughs> Uh, wait, smells like regret and hair. Oh, hey, Jody. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, look, a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> you did say chaotic neutral. So. <laughs>